Bedroom Battle Pass. The Archives. Me and you, Season 2. Alright, let's kick it. Hello and welcome to the interview section of Canberra Metalhead. you got Marky Malpas and JDK. And we're joined for a nice cosy interview section in the hotel room with the boys from As Flesh Decays. So from left to right we've got... Lacko does vocals. And Taz, I play drums. Cool, so we've got Lacko and Taz here in the um, for the interview section and uh, we're at the um, Ablaze in the Southern Sky gig down on the south coast. So it's good you guys are um, one of the one of the bands we haven't had on the show. And uh, it's good to catch up. Yeah, it's good to be here, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having us on there, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, Maroo is a great place. Like, we've only been here for like, not even six hours, and it's just like, wow, the, envi- the environment's great, the atmosphere's amazing. And, Spend a good uh, portion of it in the yeah, beer garden. in the beer garden. Laughing <laughs> up the scenery, and, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, that's good Good to have you on, man. And also, um, usually with the show, we'll have like a track. Um, what track would you like at the top of the show there? Is there something that you'd like to talk about now? Maybe a track that you guys are playing oh, tonight? That'd probably the, the, hot, the title track of the album the horror released of in 2007. Yeah, The Horror of It All. Um, which... When we did the video clip for, uh, the title track of the album. The... Yeah, The Horror of It All. That's probably... Yeah, so uh, you got that track uh, as the one that, you know... Um, is sort of the focal point at the moment? It is. I mean, it's it's like we're not a, a band that sort of relies on singles, but it was one of those songs where um, I had a huge part in writing that song um, on drums before even guitars were written, which is a pretty hard thing to do for guitarists when they have a drummer go, Oi, can you just play some guitars over these drum tracks? And I'm like, what the hell? Compared to having guitars and me write drums, which is a lot easier. But uh, it was an little... interesting way to go about it. And also being the title track of the album and uh, the thematic part of the album, I mean, with the cover art and everything like that being the thing. Um, John Carpenter's a thing, beautiful yeah, film. Yeah, of course, like yeah. Film. But um, yeah, it was just basically, uh, you know, and I really wanted to. I think even when I started writing the song on drums, I already envisioned what I, I wanted to, that to be our, our first video clip. And, you know, once I found the location, which was uh, in Beechworth at the Beechworth Asylum, um, it just all fell into place. And mm. I was like, well, this is going to be, uh, you know, not the hit song, but the main song that is, uh, I like people, it's a standout track, I guess, on the album. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the one song that we championed off the album, like I said, it was the title track and everything like that. The um the film clip being filmed at the asylum, uh, the most haunted place in Victoria, if not the country, uh, has you know ghost tours there all the yep. time, and our yep. mate Jeff from uh, Asylum Ghost Tours was great help and starred as the killer in the video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was the killer in our video. Um, he, yeah, he was. Uh, he let us just do what we want the whole day. And I think he fun. enjoyed himself a bit, yeah. He did enjoy himself, <laughs> having to get covered in blood. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, The Horror of the All is the one, I guess, sort of hit song that I like, you know, just to stand on the album. Not to say any other songs aren't as good, but just, you know, you got to have that one sort of song that... Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, if you enjoy what you're doing as well, like, you sort of pick that one song out of the, out of the album. Like, we've had bands on, in the past that have sort of said, like, dude, I love, like, this particular track or... Some some band members might prefer other songs, but it's cool to have one song that you'll click on. I have a few on. preferred Definitely. ones off the album, but if we were going to champion one, it'd be that one. Yeah, yeah. cool, cool. Um, I think with writing that song, I actually wanted to write a sort of a, 
well, not a safe by numbers song, but I just wanted to sort of have a, just something that's pretty sort of, uh, sort of not, I guess basic, you know, it has it sort of, you know, the blast beats, it has those catchy groove riffs in it, and, um, excuse me, these busy on them really well. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I basically wanted to write a hit death metal song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds silly, but I really wanted to do that. That's good, man. Uh, totally get, totally get you, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you guys might not know, like you may have seen one of um, the video clips for JJ's band, Inhuman Remnants, with the bleeding. Yes. You're talking to a dude that's not shy of a bit of blood on the stage, man. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, right not first, all. I think, like, God, I mean, and that's the thing about, like, you know, just Australian bands, and not only just Inhuman Remnants, but they, they do that stuff, and it inspires me to do something close as good as that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just never short of inspiration from the Australian metal scene, and you know, when I saw the Inhuman Runners clip, that was one too that stood out. Stood out, and I'm just like, "Wow, that's that's horror." Oh you know man, I mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, what yeah, our that's band is about. That's really like, cool, man. So I sort of just talk, you know, sort of take notes and and just try and apply it down the road. And having having catchy, good, well structured songs is what I'm all about, man. It's and brilliant. love it. You, your new track was great. Uh, I, appreciate it. Heaps. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's like the old death metal bands like of Morbid Angel and stuff and, and Deicide, you know, they just, every one of their songs, you just know it's Morbid Angel. Like they have each song, you just know what the title of it is called and it just, it stands out. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, yeah. And I find all of, like, no disrespect to any of the modern death metal bands these days, I, I miss a lot of that sort of the you listen to Hours of Madness and you just know Chapel of Ghouls and Maze of Torment it just they start off so catchy and yeah 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 they have those bits where you go whether you're a, you want to be a drummer or a singer or a guitarist you want to learn that riff or you want yeah. to do that so it's, it's that hook yeah the yeah, yeah. hook you uh, gotta good for death metal and hey, it's good for any sort of genre of music but it's it's, it's a lost art man uh, yeah. in my opinion a lot a lost yeah, yeah. art a good hook in a death metal song absolutely yeah headbanging that's basically what i i mean if i see a band that i don't know and they just got the riffs and makes me want to headbang i'm like i'll buy your merch um buy your support album. it yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, right. yeah for me headbanging is a, is a big thing for me so we we try to incorporate a lot in, in our songwriting it's just you know riffs yeah. If you haven't got riffs, why are you wasting It's, it's not music. <laughs> exactly right. You, you need a hook, man. The, you need... Uh, it's, anyway, it's a, uh, as I said, lost art, man, and, and you guys are bringing it. And, cool, man. Oh, thanks, man. We, we try. We try. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's, it's like the um, the guys from like Deprivation who's on the bill, like they consider groove metal and they have that catchy feel about them as well. Yeah. Um, and like we've played them a couple of times on the show but like you said just getting that rhythm and also that mm. feel about tracks I love that sort back. of groove sound and it is, yeah. is the epitome of all that you oh know, Benny's so. such a front man too and then but then you also look at like the speed of this of the stuff as well like, yeah yeah I'm definitely keen to see them tonight I mean yeah, uh, there's so many good bands which you know like living in Albury Rodonga I don't get to see a lot of these bands I listen to them but I just it's part of Doing gigs is a lot of the finally catch up these reason bands. we like doing these shows, isn't it? So we always come out and we end up seeing bands that we genuinely yeah. like and enjoy seeing live, enjoy having beers with after the show. Yeah, all we're that definitely sort of fan, thing. I think we're definitely fans more first than musicians in the band. Like, yeah, we're just <laughs> here to catch our bands that we dig the shit out of, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we get to play our own stuff and hope yeah. that you know people like what we're doing. S- suffer through 
half an hour or 45 minutes of us and then you get the other good bands, bands. yeah good yeah. bands yeah. there's, yeah. there's <laughs> no suffering dudes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, my, um, my highlight for the show anyway there we go and like I said man um, these sort of shows mix up the genres and we can sort of capture more bands that we wouldn't normally get like a lot of the bands except for deprivation we've had on the show before yep we've interviewed them and this sort of broadens the horizons to get you guys like for people that don't know whereabouts you guys from well i'm from albury Rodonga. yep um which is probably about six seven hours away from from maria about that Oh, it depends on, on, on your trip. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, it's about that. Uh, it's on the border of New South Wales and Victoria, just yep. down there on the Murray River. Yep. Um, I'm a little bit outside of town there on uh, on the Beechworth, Victorian side, uh, just outside of Beechworth. Yep. Uh, yeah. Guitarist Ryan lives in Henty on the, in the New South Wales side, about an hour away. Yeah. And, and two uh, guys the, are in Melbourne. Yeah, the other two guys <laughs> are down in Melbourne, so we're, we're a little bit all over the place. We are, we are. We started out as an Aubrey Wodonga band, really, and then and sort of, you know... Branched out. Spread out. And just the way people move over time and yeah, everything yeah. like that no, it doesn't yeah, we, we get it man yeah we migrated to Canberra yep you, you know what I mean and That's you, right. go, well, you guys got, are migrating yeah. to Melbourne essentially and That's especially some, some of the younger guys who to go where the work is where they you know where they want to yeah, be and careers sort of stuff. And that's the older blokes they're happy to settle down in the country and chill yeah. out a bit but I love all Rudonga but uh, <laughs> you know I'd love some more extreme metal bands that way but it is what it is so oh, well, I go to Sydney or Canberra or Melbourne like for that, it yeah. Well, it's like we've talked about this on the show before because with this, like, for example, we're talking off mic earlier about um, Psychroptic and Todd being in the States. Um, what happens there is just due to technology now, it's available to like to still communicate it easier. Oh, exactly. Yeah, like, that's right. Can, because yeah. you can get together and have a jam, you can record that with devices and stuff these days that it's so easy to get hold of and do and just yep. share um, via the internet and everything. The guitarist has an idea, he can send it to mm. the drummer or whatever, and the other guys can listen to it, put in their two cents worth and everything like that. It changes the writing process somewhat, but it, does, it also yeah. um, is very conducive towards it, especially when you have that kind of distance between some of your band members. And yeah. Like it's, we get together for a writing session at, at, um, at Ants Nest Studios uh, a few Ants weeks Ants Nest Studios, yes. Daniel um, from Mustard Hands. Ants. Yeah. Um, we did a bit of recording and all the stuff we did there and then share it up on social media between yep. between us all afterwards and yep. you know take those ideas extrapolate from them move on forward and try and build them into what's going to be our next release yeah. and um it's you know apart from that those sessions when we can actually get all of us together it's all going to happen online basically and we're just to and fro between all of us so yeah it's interesting it's it can be hard way of writing songs I mean, I've been in other bands where we all just wrote songs in the band room where we all just jammed together. Yep. In face to face in person. I really like that process and I really like the way this process works as well. It's different though. Um, and it's interesting to see where it'll take us. Well, it's, it's like not far from like dude, it wouldn't have mattered like like ten years ago it might mean that if someone was gonna move away you wouldn't have been able to have the band with the same members again. But well, now that's right, it'd also happen. be at that point if someone was gonna move away that they'd be out of the band almost yeah yeah nowadays it doesn't mean doesn't that, so. necessarily mean that yeah, and also with someone in melbourne you know you've probably have you scored any gigs in melbourne more since you've had members there do you think we oh geez that's that's a good not necessarily no, as a result of that. we do really um, a few gigs down in melbourne we've got another one 
coming up in a few weeks down there with rituals and yeah um, um was that in the early march isn't it the that's second uh, yeah, or something yeah, like that the second month but I, I don't think it, yeah since um billy and pat moved to melbourne i think you know as a band from like when we first started being in albury Wodonga, we really had to go and bust our asses to, to travel to places to go mm. oh we're here as well amongst all these other great bands yep so you know, we always made a point of traveling and playing away more than playing. That's home. it. I mean, even my first other band, then. my goal was to not play any local shows. I want to travel finally in a band, and we did our first show in Sydney, and and, and you know that was amazing. And then, you know, you get down to Melbourne, you, you strike up conversations with bands you like, and then you just sort of tap shows in the future. So, yeah, I don't think Billy and Pat moving to Melbourne has sort of um, gave us any more Melbourne shows. It just means that we. Those guys are more happy to play in Melbourne now instead of going so far away. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yep. Slackers. No, but yeah. Um, yeah, we're always very comfortable to play in Melbourne, and we always have been. Because Melbourne's, yeah, Melbourne's um, one of those... Melbourne's a great place to play, and there's a lot of good venues down there. It's um, a really yeah, hard uh, city to crack in the metal scene, like, especially when I, I was going to shows in the 90s. It was very, well, the crowd was like, you didn't play fast enough, I didn't give you time of day, or you didn't play slow enough, or this and that. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, Melbourne is more open armed with man just you guys have got energy you got some riffs you could do to drink beers with and that goes a long way mm-hmm. instead of like playing 300 beats per minute for half an hour yeah yeah so well the same as it is everywhere the metal scene's always this big community isn't it everyone it is. sort of the more and more we do like six or seven degrees of separation and, oh yeah and all the rest of that oh, so definitely yeah it's always just been very at home yeah fairly no tight knit yeah but the more we do this show the more we realize that like um bands that are like you've probably seen with with this sort of thing like you guys now are like that one degree closer to some of these bands which you might not have seen before exactly you know right. or oh, you've, absolutely you know. yeah or you've known about but you haven't met or played on a gig with them have a chance to sing three or four beers with them and talk yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely i mean that's how like you know a band like you know i love or we all love is our uh, black jesus you know it was like we got our first show with them and i was said the guys like man i you guys are on my wish list of bands to play with and they're like let's do some more i'm like yes let's do some more and you know we went down to tasmania with them and you know they jumped on board with that and so it's just basically starting up relationships with Great bands, just networking, things networking like that. Networking is, and hopefully people go. Well, you're not, you're not absolute assholes to deal with. We'll get you on to some other shows as well. I'm like, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's good, and it also it um, matters about the genre as well. Like we found in the when we've spoke to other bands, like sometimes um, bands will pigeonhole themselves, or they'll like you guys said with with your death metal, but you got your groove and that sort of stuff. You get that rhythm. Like sometimes bands that work well with other bands are more likely to get more gigs because they can play with so many others yeah 100% I don't really go for pigeonholing and gigs and stuff in fact most of the we've played gigs where we were there some with of folk metal bands we were yeah, playing yeah. with Lagerstein yeah. and stuff some of our best shows and they were really fun shows we got oh they're very, fun very dudes drunk. as well man yeah yeah they we've, encourage that it, we've had know, them at the basement I think that was the first times. time Taz ever did a beer bong actually yeah. wasn't <laughs> oh Lagerstein that was show. with our, was that on stage because they usually do it on stage yeah yeah dude that was that was Wagga when we played with there was that folk metal gig and we were the only death metal band we stuck out we just had a we get a few so I had fake bottle over me and yeah well we 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 have um, Beast Impalers, one of the Canberra bands, and they play often oh, yeah, yeah. often with those guys. I think they played with I think 
with as, um, as well as part of the tour maybe yeah yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so, it's yeah. all it's always a, a good fun night i tell you what um as a bartender there man one thing that you got to stock up on if lagerstein's coming through is captain morgan just got oh, yeah. oh. plenty of captain morgan's in the fridge man Do you remember the bass tower <laughs> but the, i was at the bar getting a beer and the bass tower was from um them just started pouring rum in my rum beer there, mate. that one so jerry that's <laughs> yeah. started pouring rum in my beer i'm like well if it's good enough for you guys, it's good enough for me. And yeah, regret that. <laughs> that. But um, I find I found some of our best shows are mixed genre mixed bills festivals because yeah, that's right. I mean, it don't have to be exclusive no, as metalheads. I think the more that we embrace, you know, all the subgenres or however you want to categorize it of metal. Like I just see it all as as metal. I love all types of metal. Everything from really like heavy dark blues, stoner rock, thrash metal, um, you know, folk metal, death metal, doom. Um, you know, you can go on and on all day, but it's all just metal, really, when it comes mm, down to mm. it, isn't it? And um, but, you know, like, yeah, we don't like, have to be like segregated. We played that festival with Infest. I mean, there was rock oh, there was bands. So there was, uh, yeah. you know, um, there was gore grind bands. Cut Lord. Oh, yeah. um, We've had then, them on the show before. Mm. How we'll had him on the show mm. before. Great dude, love that dude so much. Played the last Heathen Fest actually. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember he telling me he really enjoyed playing yeah, this. So like, well, yeah. we're gonna get to Maroo and see how it is and so far it's been really good we haven't even played yet and it's still it's been good but I just find those festivals where it's it's mixed genre everyone's just there for the riffs the music and I don't have that sort of uh, mentality where I'm death metal I can't get along with these rockabilly bands like let's just drink some beers and play some riffs and some good beats and everyone gets on the same page instead of being that sort of I'm death metal don't know a bar if you don't know the whole discography of Morbid Angel, you know, it's like, pick as a shit, man. How was how you set? And they're like, good. And that's how it works. I, I find those gigs are the best ones, the mixed genre ones. Absolutely, man. That's a little bit like what happens with Heathen Fest. They've got a mixed bill. Um, and then tonight, it's more towards the black and death metal. But, you know, that like there's within that, we've got, you know, like bands like Deprivation. It's like completely different from bands like Black Mountain. Yeah. yeah. But they all, it all works quite well together. Yeah, it, it all has a certain synergy, doesn't it? I mean, Definitely. I think if everyone vibes together, all the bands have like meeting each other for the first time, they all just vibe over a few beers. The night's just going to be a lot more better and like, fuck yeah. I, I, I think that, um, so I'm biased because I like sway more towards black and death metal. Um, yeah. myself but then again like I've been to some gigs that you know I'm like well this is rad too you know like this is this is we've had bands on the show like for example last week we had a local band Matosphere and they're a lot more sort of like power rock power metal sort of rock oh, sort right. of style and um, you know built a show around that and uh, it just it's good to hear what everyone's got to offer I mean at the end of the day man like you said if the riffs are good, the beats are good, then it's it's, yeah. it's good stuff. And the people are really good. The energy like, no and the soul is there, you know. People actually yeah. have uh, passion for what it is they do, regardless of whatever genre or even, you know, outside of. That goes a long way for me. You know, you got some riffs, you got some beats, and you can have a beer with me and have a good old laugh. Yeah. You got a fan for life. That's no, it. I'll man. never forget that. that. That's the thing. So, like with um, you guys are are you guys both original members of the band? I was well, yeah, well, a founding start, member. Yeah, yeah. I started the band in 2012 when I was living in Frankston and I moved up to Albury just, just for work and I met a girl who, who became my wife and I just tried to find members and I found uh, our previous guitarist, Jace, and we just, it was just a two-piece, just writing tunes for, our, for an EP and 
um, we did that in 2013, released it in 2015, I think. Yep. But in time, we tried to find a lineup, and we found Billy and Pat, and they were actually in another band themselves, a brutal slam band called The Inducer. And we just ended up poaching them, and Billy was playing bass, but he's now on guitar, and we did originally have a... We had our very first show in Sydney, which was probably one of our best... One of our top five best shows. Yeah, right. We had a different vocalist. Um, he... He, he didn't work out, but the, we'll leave it at that. Um, and so we wanted to find a vocalist, and a friend of ours goes, hit, hit up Lucker. So uh, Lucker had been in bands, and not death metal, of course, but... Oh, I've done some metal before and stuff. Yeah, yeah a bit of metal, but... Was he in a band at the time? Not at the in? time, no. I was, I, was, I was doing some stuff with some local blokes. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I played bass a lot. Yeah. Okay. Other bands and that sort of thing. I've never really put myself forward as a standalone vocalist prior to this band so yep no, that was uh, Shorty's fault Shorty yeah bless you Shorty yeah, um, yeah I mean yeah. after like we only had that guy singing for one show and then we didn't waste any time and, and, and we found we had a preview, and another, he's been here another young fella on bless guitars him. back then as well yep. so we've had a couple of little shuffles in the lineup over the years yeah we had um, like we had Jace who, was, who started you know, was the band with me as a two-piece. He did a lot of the writing. He was he did, back he in did. the day. A lot of those riffs from the early stuff, especially, and a lot of the stuff on the horror of it all. Was, uh, Jason's and he work. left last year because we, when we released the horror of it all in 2017, we wanted to do three tours. Like you know, like, we're a horror film band, so you know, every horror film has you know, past two, three, the final chapter, which. In horror films, there's never even a final chapter. There's always another film after that. But and if they do release a final chapter, it's not the final chapter. No, and then they, <laughs> you know, they no, the bad guy gets it. killed, but his eye yeah. opens at the end. And he's, like, <laughs> yeah. he's not. So dead. he, 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 uh, Jace is a great dude. I've got nothing but praise for Jace, but he just, you know, he's got more priorities in life than being. Yeah. In a no, it was great having him with us. And, you know, everything he brought to the band was awesome. But we didn't waste um, time we always, finding We parted on good terms and everything, but. The workload of the band, I guess, became greater than what he ever expected it would be. And it did. I mean, he prioritised first... family and other things that are more important. Even when I first met Jason, we started jamming. Like <laughs> so, even when I first met Jason, we started jamming. Like, you know, I'm not going to do any gigs. We're just going to do recorded stuff. Next minute, we're, uh, yeah, we're playing in Sydney, and then we're not going, a garage and band. then we're going all over the shop. And but you know, when Jace left last year, it was on the second chapter of the tour. You know, we didn't waste any time trying to find another guitarist because we had another tool to do. And we had a bloke, uh, Ryan, who's in a band called Dread the Winner, a sort of melodic death metal band. And still is. He is, still is. Great band. Um, Dread the Winner, check them out. Yeah, they're up and coming. I basically said to him, I said, Oi, can you learn a set in two weeks with Mm. a show? And we're going to tour in the later half of the year. And he's like, yes, yes to both. I'm like, that's the attitude I want. And he jumped on board and he's nailing. Yeah. Awesome yeah, man. Yeah, well. Don't tell him that in person, but no, you know, no. I give him a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, he can, no, he's going to be eternally the new guy in the band. So he, we need to keep him. He's Jason Newstead, the new guy for ten years. You'll be able to see if you don't say that after this, you'll be able to know whether he listened to the podcast yeah. or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, see, see whether he tuned in. We're not even going to give him the link. <laughs> yeah, nah, but no, he was he was a savior. Like he really, he jumped into the last sort of minute thing. I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to sit around wasting time like looking for. Because where I live, there's no people really want to play extreme metal. It's very sort of... Um, it can be a bit few and far between trying to find the right fit for a band. It especially is. Especially one, a, a little bit of a niche band, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to find someone who's a good fit. So we were extremely lucky in that regard, I think. Yeah. We could have been on the hunt for a long time and it could have been... Which we didn't... It I could didn't have been want. a reason why it is. 
So, um, so, sometimes it, it just well. happens because it was meant to, you know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah, it that way. If, if it if it just you just get the right person come along and it works out. Um you mentioned that you like obviously and we know this but the um listeners might not pick up on this straight away. You guys are a like horror theme band. Um I don't normally have pre pre recorded or pre organized questions, but Personally, what's your favourite horror horror series? I'm not going to confine you to a film. Franchise? Oh, wow. Oh, oh, I'm the wearing the main... shirt right now, uh, Friday 13th. I mean, I'm wearing the, the shirt for Friday 13th, part yeah, three. Yeah. Um, that's my all-time favourite franchise, because there's... Regard, disregarding the first one with Jason Voorhees' mother, there's just something about a dude with a machete and a mask just yep. does it for me. Yeah, he does it. No up. frills. Exactly right. There's, I don't expect a lot, and... I like his attitude. You know, it's a very positive message. It is. It you know, is. if you, as long as you it walk and you're determined, you will kill shit. I, th- I think so. <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, these days, I mean, you know, you got franchises like Saw and um, you know the Final Destination series and stuff. But I just, I just for me personally, it's Friday Thirteenth. Yep. My cool. favorite film of all time, horror wise, which is not really technically horror, is Jaws. Awesome man. Yeah, it's like kicking it old school there with yeah. some Jaws. Yeah, I still have. Is it, who's got the Jaws wallet? I seen earlier. That's mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. a big Jaws collection at home. I just it was the first one I saw when I was four years old. Yep. When my nan would go to bingo, and that means I've got free reign of the TV till she gets yep. home at like eleven o'clock at night from bingo. <laughs> and you know, I discovered Jaws. That's the making of a horror movie there. Definitely. I mean, there's oh, not much. Absolutely. Yeah. I discovered that in uh, the Amityville Horror Part Two, The Possession. Yep. My nan came home from bingo, and I was just this close to the TV, like. Oh, <laughs> what is this amazing thing I'm seeing? It's it's crazy. So, Dude, yeah. it reminds me so like when when I was a kid, um, my auntie still had the first ever TV that her old man bought when color TV first came out. Wow, wow. big tube, big tube, it's freestanding. Yeah. It had its own legs like and everything. Three or four sturdy men to pick it up. And uh, the problem, hey, dude, it was placed there when, when she moved into that place. And, like, dude, it stayed there. It was 20 years old. And do you know what? He used to take half an hour to warm up in the morning. It was some wow. proper horror movie shit. So my uncle never used to turn it off. It ran straight for 20 years before it died. Shit. And before that, it it been around for 15 years before that. So a 35-year-old TV... My little cousin, man, he needed glasses by the age of six because he used to sit that close to it like poltergeist, man. (laughs) And and it was some scary stuff, dude. And, dude, we used to just sit there and, um, yeah, like, that's like the horror movie, man. We used to just sit there and watch whatever was on TV. And you had the VHS and you'd, like, when you had, like, the Blake cassettes and you just, like, stop it when the commercials come on. And then when you wait for the commercial end and you just press record again. Yeah, yeah. Dude, then it was... you wake up the next morning and, you go, and then you watch all in Satari and... Uh, oh, man. Days. Like, you, we'd take it in turns, dude. Like, one, once my uncle fell asleep... Because he used to sleep... Sleep in front of it, man. Like, he's just addicted to watching that old CRT TV, man. Wow. And um, that was when you used to smoke inside. Like, my uncle used to just sit in there and have, like, an ashtray next to him. And he'd just sit there smoking darts, watching the TV. And once he fell asleep... We used to just sneak on in there and watch whatever we wanted, flicking through, like, good is you that? know, <laughs> going through Wastar, watching as much Cartoon Network as we could, any of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, some, like, proper proper old school stuff. But that that just, uh, like, all those, all those old school, like, you know, you're saying about... Um, Watching whatever you could until your until your grandma got home, like it's like when your parents would put on 
Rodney Roode or Kevin Bloody Wilson. Yeah. You, you go to bed, but you're not really in bed. You actually got your ear up against the door listening to yeah, what you, the fuck Kevin Bloody Wilson's Dude, it's like... Um, and you're what, giggling going, yes. home, send you to bed because you they're watching a bloody scary movie or something. He's up there against the walls. See, my going. grandparents were... My grandparents... <laughs> a crucial part of me they would give me their video card and I'd just get higher R-rated videos and the person behind the, the desk at the video store would not hesitate in giving me like R-rated anything films. Like, yeah yeah it was great so I blessed my parents for my grandparents to uh Allow me to like get my five weeklies for ten dollars. Yeah, like, yeah. Just got like you know Robocop. Is that a blockbuster or a video easy? No, this is like those mum and pop stores. Oh, I'm dude, big, the mum and pop ones. I'm not a big fan. Like when Boss, Blockbuster killed a lot of those mum and pop stores. They did, that got yeah, stuff yeah. like The Mutilator or, or Pieces or Dawn of the Dead on VHS. When Blockbuster came into it, it was a bit more. Pieces. Have you seen that? Dude, fantastic dude. film. I love, yeah, I love it. Whereas Blockbuster didn't stock that stuff. They just would get more the mainstream stuff, or yeah, yeah. they just wouldn't get the really obscure titles more mainstream that, stuff yeah. that you know the, the, the mum and pop stores had and they had some great titles which is hard to find I'm still a VHS collector and some of the same on, yeah I mean I've I mean some of the prices yeah, you're paying for some tapes right now though, yeah. it is it's ex- some tapes go for a lot of money I've been offered hundreds of dollars for certain titles in my collection yep. but I want to sell them because then I won't have it <laughs> Yeah, dude, um, it's a bit like my it's brother. Not the same as having it on digital, is it? <laughs> dude, it's it's like my brother. Like you met Lukey before. Like yeah. we we have vinyl collections, and he's just amazing compared to mine. But like all in all, we've both got. I obviously his is a lot more wholesome. But at the end of the day, I said to him, "Hey, are any of these like you don't play?" He's like, "I play all of them because I bought it to listen to. I understand it's worth money, and by playing some of them, yeah, I've devalued it a little." But it's, it's worth more to me to play it than right. if, you if you're not going to play it. it. That's right, yeah. And that's exactly that's right. like that, man. And, um, yeah, I reckon that that's a, a, it's part of a collection is something you can enjoy as well as not just an investment. I guess it's like Absolutely, almost like, yeah. it's almost I've like done the same event. thing with vinyls, you know. You've got them in plastic and they're, you know, like old vinyls from the 80s or something. You're just like, well, that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. It's like being a band. It's not about money, is it? You just... You just you, there is some money, but uh, it's not one of my priorities. It, it's, it's. Except I paid fifty bucks for a copy of Chopping Mall. You, you can't um, take it with you when you're dead. You might as well enjoy it. Don't tell my wife that. Well, my wife's just thinking yeah, I paid fifty bucks for a copy of Chopping Mall. Dude, it's like so we had um, Joel um, from Witch Goal, which we spoke about before. He's been yeah. the drummer in Armored yep. um, Angel. We had him and Reggae, who's Reggae. in Reign of Terror. Um, here tonight. Yeah, right. Um, we had those guys in the studio playing vinyls um, for the Christmas edition. They brought in a bunch wow, of old yeah. vinyls from the 80s. And Reggae, something. also a VHS horror movie collector. Oh, man, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so... Has well, a pretty rad collection. Yeah, he has a wow. rad... Yeah, so you can get talking to him later, but, dude, yeah, we... Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I'll talk his ear off. <laughs> oh, man. He, he, if you... If you uh, sit down and have a beer with him, man, you can talk horror for like the rest of the night. That yep. guy's got got the collection. But um, if we don't see him actually get on stage, you understand yeah, why. Yeah, already, right? introduce me later. Yeah, make sure it's after us. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's one of the things we had those guys on playing vinyls, and yeah, it's got that different. It's like good to share and play on the air and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, guys, we'll uh, wrap it up with that, man. And you guys uh, mentioned that you had a gig coming up at the start of March, so keep an eye out for the dates on definitely. that one. That's March the second or third or something like that. Second or third. I feel really bad tonight. Not off the top of my head, but that's with a a, a band with us uh, that we're good friends with. Our Rituals, who just released their EP just late last year. Great, fucking fantastic Mm. Swedish metal band. That's at the Bendigo Hotel in Melbourne. Um, 
Okay, great so great venue. Yeah, well, what what will happen, man, is um, when I release the episode, we'll chuck a link to the um, to the event page in the description, and you guys can uh, check it out from there. And if you uh, don't get a chance to, uh, if you're not listening back to this episode after tonight's gig, and you feel nostalgic for some um, as flesh decays, just as nostalgic as we felt for those old VHSs during the show. That's how like You yeah. guys can um, listen back to the episode, and if you're in Melbourne, go head on down and check that one out at the Bendigo Hotel. Um, Definitely. And uh, keep an eye out for on their socials for any f- more information. You guys have um, Facebook, obviously. Is there any we other do, platforms? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, we have Instagram, Facebook, which Instagram, um, Bandcamp, and such. Um, we yeah. can buy our merch. Yep. Um, but just keep, yeah. I mean, basically, our Facebook is our main thing. And like I said, this year we'll be writing and polishing up our next release. Yeah, we're mostly writing, but there's a few be, gigs in amongst. So yeah. Which will be titled Dead City Cathedral. I'll drop that one there. Yeah, I'll, I'll well. that, that's the second Perfect. time I'll drop that title. Excellent. Dead City Cathedral. Um, and yeah, that's bloody yeah, fingers crossed it's out by the end of the year, but if not, it'll be out when it's ready. Um, and like I said, you can follow Facebook and, and keep up to date what we're doing. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show and thanks for sharing that with us. Dead City Cathedral. Keep an eye out for it because it will be hitting your ears at some point in the future I can't wait to get it out um, now we usually close out the show with a track is there something that you'd like to close on um, another track from, from the album that you'd like to um, push out uh, like Des- a Descend into comment. Torment Descend into Torment okay that always goes down fairly well that's about Hellraiser yes the film yeah. Hellraiser the Hellraiser series actually yes that's actually that's one thing we can catch on was your uh, favourite horror franchise hey oh yeah what, what before before fan? we close up what's your favourite horror oh, franchise I'm, I suppose, yeah, it's, it's really hard to say. Like, Taz is the main horror movie fan. I've um, I'm got a little bit of a penchant towards serial killers and stuff. So when he goes Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I like Ed Gain and like, you know, like yes, you know what I mean. Um, uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the Hellraiser series. Uh, that was that was definitely. Uh, I'll stick with the horror, and you stick with the serial killer stuff, eh? Uh, yeah, that's that's works much well, where man, we meet. Man. That's where we Good meet. Stuff. That's that's where it always goes. Uh, but yeah, Pinhead, he had some of the best lines. Dude, he's awesome. a clean Eastwood of horror. Like he everything is, yes, he delivers, yes. dialogue-wise, is badass as absolutely. Yeah, Excellent. I think I think um, our boy JJ can identify with that as well. Yeah, man. both sides. Cool <laughs> I think the first time I ever met JJ I was wearing a Pinhead shirt. So. No, shit. <laughs> yeah, man. So um, yeah, thanks for listening to the show. We are as flesh to case, and you're listening to Canberra Metalheads. Yucca, yucca, bam. <laughs>